It's the Desert League, Episode 5. Coming up next, follow us at Desert League at iTunes or anchor.fm slash desert league. Here we go. As episode five of the Desert League, this is Ward Andrews in the North Bureau and Sean Fitzpatrick coming in from the South Bureau. How are you, Sean? I'm doing all right. How are you, Ward? Well, I, I want to jump right into this, Sean. I want to do an object lesson. Are, are you standing or sitting down? <laughs> I'm in a uh, in a semi reclining position. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. So you just stay put, and then I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk about ten yards from you, and I'm gonna pick up a small object. And if we were in the same room, I'm, uh-huh. gonna, I'm gonna throw it to you. And all you have to do uh-huh. is just sit there, and I'm gonna throw it right to you so that you can catch it. Okay. So here I go. I okay. I'm about 10 yards away. I'm looking at you. Nobody's around you, by the way. Nobody's around you. And you're uh, just sitting there relaxed uh, because no one's around you, of course. And so here I go. I step yeah. into my throw. I throw it. Oh, I'm sorry. I threw it about five yards over your head, Sean. Yeah, I think it landed in my pool just now. Yeah. All right, so... <laughs> that essentially is what we got to see out of the Arizona Wildcats this weekend. If you can just make a pass to a wide open receiver, you win the game. We can't execute that play. We are the worst team in the Pac-12. The press was right. Yeah, the Graham Cracker has a terrible team in, in ASU, but Arizona Wildcats are the worst team in the Pac-12. Anybody want to win? Line up because we got wins for you. How did, you, how did you feel about the game? Well, is it re- – well, uh, I'm filling well, up a drink if somewhat you can hear that over I, I need a drink. I'm, I'm getting an ice water. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I hope, uh, I hope it has, uh, has a nice <laughs> kick to it. Uh, I realize it's, it's probably a pretty strong uh, – it's a pretty strong ice water, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank, well, yeah. Thankfully, sa- uh, Saturday night I was drinking uh, because I had <laughs> I had committed to a dinner party with my fiance to hosting one uh, a few months back. So I had somebody filling in for me. So about the time mm. we the the moment that you're uh, referring to was occurring, I was uh, enjoying some delicious homemade paella and enjoying a nice, nice. glass of wine. Um, nice. Although I. I can't say I was terribly surprised because this is essentially the same predicament we were in last year with, uh, you know, the aforementioned uh, Brandon Dawkins, I believe is who you're referring to. Yep. Um, or what or was Dawkins, it? Or Dawkins, was it? A few yeah. Times. And, you know, what's interesting is on, on the positive side and looking at the statistics and I, and I looked at the highlights and the lowlights as they as they were, and uh, certainly had more passing yardage than the first week. But 
you know, the key is not how many yards you accumulate, but do you make the all-important wide-open pass? Or more importantly, if you're Khalil Tate, do you not throw the ill-advised pass you right. know, when you're when you're in a situation where you have to make the pass. It's it's like you can you can complete only sixty yards worth of passes, but if it's the two or three passes that you needed to win, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Amen to that. Um Khalil Tate locks in on a receiver. Doot, 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 doot. Telegraph. Guess what, guys? Look who I'm throwing to. Doot, 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 doot. All right, hey, go ahead and get a jump on this because you know where I'm throwing it. Do, 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 do. Throws it. Oh yeah, that one got picked off. Yeah, our quarterback. Well, and I and I hate to, is bad. Well, and which means it's you know to quote the Talking Heads for the other old timers out there, same as it ever was. You know, it's. I mean, I'm 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 seeing deja vu. I mean. It, it, it's kind of like I, I would love to be proven wrong in this, but it's kind of like you, know, you leave a bad job and and people think that you were the problem, um, say AKA a new Solomon, and then, you know that person leaves and then you just continue having the same problems. You know, it, it's not the it's not the individual players, it's the system. And one of the things that uh, that troubles me is seeing this parallel to suddenly, you know, shuttling quarterbacks again. And I, I'm not sure the circumstances, you know, I, I, from what I understand from reading the coverage, you know, Tate was brought in to try and, try and bring a spark. But um, the, the problem is, is, again, when you're dealing with 18 to 21-year-olds, uh, except for when you're dealing with the other Tate, who's, you know, a, a grown man, uh, it's especially jarring to have this whole, okay, Am I the guy, or is he the guy? Am I the guy, is he the guy? Oh. If you're constantly looking over your shoulder. And, you know, and the only thing I can say at this point is if you're going to try and make something happen with the two of them, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we haven't played a single conference game, so I, I would say it's too early to panic, but it's, um, it's definitely not too early to panic. At least, um, you know, at least we don't have – uh, conference implications, although we did lose one of our, you know, supposedly, quote, easy wins to become bowl eligible. And the only thing I could think of is if you're going to use them both, come up with just creative ways to have them both in the game at the same time, the majority of the time, you know, kind of use the Rich Rod genius. But the problem with that is, you know, unless unless we see that Khalil Tate you know, is is going to be an amazing passer. I don't know what you're going to do about these, you know, the the lack of touch from a Brandon Dawkins. Yeah. Hey, so I'm going to stop you for just a moment. We're going to take a quick break for technical difficulties. I'll be right back. All right. We're back after a short interruption. You know how it is with these free software tools. Sometimes things go awry, kind of like the uh, Arizona offense and defense. But, Sean, to the point you were making – you know, this dual quarterback thing, this double-headed monster. Have you ever seen that old movie, that old Disney movie, uh, The Parent Trap? Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have, actually. Yeah, so there's this Haley Mills, and then they, you know, they clone her. Well, you know, they actually just filmed her two separate times and stuff. And, and, and then it was causing this havoc and confusion for parents and for the kids at the camp. 
that's kind of how I feel about this quarterback situation, right? It's like we're dorking around, we're showing one, then we're showing another, then we're showing one. Neither one of them have confidence. You're never going to get anywhere with that. And then when they get in there, they got to prove they're the man so much that they can't even throw a pass to a, our own receiver. Well, yeah, no, it's extremely disappointing. And, um, I mean, there is no doubt that, that Dawkins is, is, is probably the best, best rusher on our team, best running back on our team. And yep. so, you know, I'm going to go back and invoke the, you know, the ghost of Dick Tomey. Let's go back to the, the Ronnie Veal, uh, you know, George Malolu days. Let's just run the option, you know? Why not? Let's, yeah, why not? Let's just run the option. Let's not even pretend to pass. <laughs> yep. Yep. I remember one time the passing game wasn't working in a season. We got into – it was like 92 – no, it was probably 93 or 94. And it just wasn't working. And Oregon rolls into town, and Arizona just full, shows a full option attack. And, and Oregon wasn't ready for it. And we ran them off the field. So maybe we're going to save that for the uh, Pac-12 opener against Utah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, that, that, that actually wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be the worst idea for the conference opener. But, um, you know, that's a thought I had in kind of looking at college football this last week, especially within the state of Arizona, is, uh, you know, after, after several years now, both Arizona and Arizona State and the you know, the trials and tribulations that both programs are having. I, I want to propose a different kind of double-headed monster because if <laughs> essentially, essentially if, we, if we combine ASU's passing game with our running game, we've got one really good team. So, you know, maybe in the spirit of, like, bringing people together and, you know, in this divided nation of ours, you know, after all these years, maybe we should just consolidate ASU's and, and, and University of Arizona's program and just, you know, be a unified team playing. Then we, we could be national contenders. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? And, you know, while we're at it, wouldn't it be cool if we could take half of the NBA's talent and just put them all on the Phoenix Suns? They would be good. <laughs> you know, we could do that. Yeah, but you know, so so I, I guess I guess because this is this is supposed to be football season, so I yeah, you know, and and of course, you know, uh, ASU, you know, is basically doing parallel um, with the only variable difference being you know their passing game versus our running game, but you know they're getting shamed, and then you know I looked at I, I looked at the Cardinals and and. I will tell you, I am not a huge Arizona Cardinals fan. In fact, when I when I lived in Phoenix for a brief time and was working for the Arizona Republic, I voted for the new um, Arizona Cardinals stadium in Glendale because I was moving to San Antonio and I did not want them to follow me to San Antonio, which is what they would have done if the stadium had not been approved. So and and I didn't even jump on the band, you know. I did, I did not even jump on the bandwagon when they were in the Super Bowl. It was more like, okay, this is kind of interesting. But you know, now the Cardinals have, you know, they have Bruce, who's a really good guy, like him, you know, like the vibe, like the feel, like what he's been doing with the team. Of course, yep. you got to love another guy named Fitz, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. And then you know, now you've got uh, the Cardinals with with running back uh, problems. Johnson is injured. And you've got Carson Palmer, you know, with miscues. So 
it looks like um, you know whether you're in whether you're in the Desert League Bureau North or Desert League Bureau South, all points in between. It's just you know football is just not Arizona sport right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I hear it. You know, I uh, I've got tickets to go to that Thursday night game with the Cardinals and Seahawks. Thought it was going to be a great season. Thought it was going to be a great matchup. And uh, I, you know, and then the Cardinals get out to a ten nothing lead in the game, and all is well. And then it's like, okay, we thought we were cool, and then we took our eye off the ball, and then we got blown out by Detroit. Right. So not not good. Not a good start to the season. Well, you know, and, and, and on the Cardinals front, it's like the only good thing they have going for them this week is that they're going to be facing an Indianapolis team without Andrew Luck. So that's the luck of the Cardinals this week. But uh, you, you had brought up just off, um, you know, off program uh, about the social media uh, stir that's going on around Arizona State football. What are, you, what are your thoughts about, uh, about the, the measures that even the official ASU, you know, Twitter feed has had to – felt it's had to, to, to step yeah. in and tell people to cool it. What, what's the vibe up there, up there in the 110 degree land? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, I think it's a good tactic for the uh, ASU athletics program, Twitter account to say, Hey, you can bash us. It's cool. Don't bash the student athletes. And I think that's good. Take, take the heat off of them because they're just executing a bad game plan. They're just playing under a coach that maybe isn't very good. But I think it also starts at the top for ASU, as it does for any school or any institution. And when your leader, when the leader of the school itself is kind of calling out the program, I think mm-hmm. you've got a problem. So you've got Michael Crow quoted in, at AZ Central saying, losing records over more than one year in any sport are unacceptable. <laughs> so you have that. You have the president of the school saying, you're not allowed to lose more than one year. Who cares if you have to rebuild? Who cares if whatever? Because that's unacceptable at my university. You know, I'm like, come on. And then he goes on to say, you have to look at, the, you have to look at what the reasons are and the dynamics. But Coach Graham completely understands that his very successful start at ASU has got to be realized again. <laughs> well, you know what happened to the good what happened to the good old days of just giving a vote of confidence until the following week when you fire them. You know, at least yeah, yeah. at least give support, give give unequivocal support until the moment that you're letting them go. But right. what I what I what I love is the Jake Plummer uh, tweet that basically says, you know, remember, you know, back when I was playing, you know, uh, we were having problems, and and the AZ Central article goes on to say. Yeah, you know, essentially he's saying, yeah, two years from now, you win a national championship. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't seem to bode well for this season, you know? No, and if we all remember, they didn't win a national championship. Ohio State beat them. Well, yeah. Uh, I, that's, uh, I guess, uh, speaking as Let's a wildcat. hang banners man. where there should not be banners hung. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> true. But they uh, the Sun Devils have played in uh, – in more national championship football games than the university of Arizona has. So we'll give them that. But um, the, the thing that I wasn't sure of, because I didn't, I didn't see anything in social media directed toward the Arizona state student athletes that seemed like completely unreasonable, like, 
I mean, yeah, okay. It's basically all, the types of things you hear shouted from the stands. And I'm I'm curious, are did you see things in social media that were like, you know, either saying things about threatening people's lives or or just like way out of bounds beyond just the usual you suck, you know. Yeah, I didn't put on I didn't like turn on my social media listening software and uh and scan everything. Um but there was a lot of like I hope you never play again. You're not you shouldn't be at this school. There was some typical stuff that that you would see. But I mean, just get off social media and, and come on. Like this, well, yeah, I mean, someone's going to call you someone's going to call you names and it's that's part of the deal when you're Yeah, I mean, if, if people are saying Division 1 school. Yeah. It's like, come on. I mean, if, if people are saying, you know, I hope you get hurt or you never play again, obviously that's, you know, that's out of bounds. But I, I just, in the examples that were cited in, in some of the coverage I've seen, it, it seemed as if the official ASU, you know, response was maybe being a little overprotective. But, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this is this is the world that we're living in. I'm not advocating anything that's going to to say I hope you get hurt or I hope your family gets hurt. I mean, it, it's just it's one thing to just say, yeah, I'm, I'm upset with you. You suck. You know, you're a horrible quarterback, and then kind of crossing outside of the sports world and and doing things. And that that's kind of the area where I think that's when you know the official you know athletic department feed should move in there. Because beyond that, it's like well, you're going to have this the whole time you're an athlete. Whether if you go on to professional sports, you're going to have it even more. You know, right? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't anything like you say. You wouldn't hear from the crowd. So some of the tweets were like, "If you were a true Sun Devil, you would hang them up, bro." <laughs> Right. Yeah, and, okay. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm sure at some point, you know, when we when we're in the double digits and in, in listeners, you know, we'll we'll get some heckling on Twitter of, you know, you guys yeah, don't know what you're it. talking about, and it's like, okay, you know, just just don't you know don't question me as a human being or don't uh, you know don't threaten me. You can say I suck, but um, that's your opinion. You know, it's a free country. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a bruised ego if somebody, you know, says on social media you don't know what you're talking about or you're horrible at this particular thing that you're doing. You know, that's just life. Yep. Yep. You got something to say? Get a podcast. Otherwise, <laughs> keep listening. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So before we go any further, I just thought it'd be good to give a quick shout out. Uh, to some of our listeners, I just especially wanted to say hey to uh, Dan from St. Pete. Uh, he had to leave his home during the hurricane, hopefully that they're back now. But he told me that one thing he was looking forward to amidst the chaos was that he had some uh, back issues of the Desert League to listen to on his phone. So hopefully oh, everything's going well and give a shout out to Dan for that. Yeah, absolutely. I join you in giving that shout out. And I, I want to give a shout out to my peeps in Texas because I, I grew up in Corpus Christi in Houston. And um, 
And oddly enough, uh, like my, my best friend from uh, high school in Corpus Christi um, just went through the hurricane in Florida. So I'll give a shout out to my buddy Robin, who uh, he and I were probably the biggest Houston Astros fans when we were growing up there in South Texas. So um, definitely a lot of thoughts and a lot of prayers going back to uh, my, my high school classmates out in out in Houston. Um, thankfully, uh, the folks I know in Corpus Christi, my classmates and friends, uh, Corpus didn't get hit um, anywhere near as hard as Houston did. So um, it's it's been it's been great to see the kind of support, especially the support that the sports teams have also, you know, really done to step in, and and the way that the folks in Houston and also the folks in Florida are helping each other out. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to see that uh, Arizona Athletics and Arizona um, football um, were collecting uh, donations. And uh, they had collected a truck, I believe, a, like a semi-truck full of donations that they were yeah. driving over to Tucson. I thought that was pretty awesome. Or over to yeah. Houston, which was great. Yeah, actually, and, and, and they they filled the first one, and then they basically did a second one. Um, I don't I don't know if they got the second one completely filled, but um, you know there's a there's a lot of great things going on. In fact, um, Steve Kazachik, a, a local city councilman, who is uh, kind of the facilities management uh, assistant athletic director uh, for the athletics department, he um, had put together um, some uh, getting some supplies and uh, together for. Uh, immigrant families who were not able to uh, to reunite with their families because of the hurricanes, and these are these are immigrant families here in Tucson that basically needed supplies. And so, you know, the effects of the hurricane go far beyond just the areas, and there are far more. You know, there are quite a few people in need. Um, you know, not just in the areas where where uh, things are happening there. So, um, I know you know Tucson's been doing quite a bit around uh, raising money for hurricane relief. Yeah, it's awesome to see that. Cool. So let's talk about another kind of relief. Like, do, do both the fans in Tempe and Tucson need relief from these coaches? And if so, what's the strategy? Is, is it who pulls the trigger first that, that's the advantage? Or is it who's worked the back room the best to already have secured the coach for after the season? Does anyone want to coach college football in the state of Arizona? What do you recommend, Sean? What if you were the AD? What would be some of your next moves? Well, it's a it's a tough situation. I mean, the 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 gripe in um, in Tucson has always been that um, University of Arizona does not have the facilities to attract the top level recruits, and you know this and that, the other thing. I don't really buy that anymore after I don't buy that. you know after the renovations and I, and you know to be fair I, I I was working at the athletics department under uh, under the Mike Stoops you know regime and that was a constant especially um, trying to compete with Oregon and the Nike money um, you know that they were putting into recruiting and you know razzle dazzling the you know the uh, the high school kids and whatnot with digital media and, you know, uh, facilities and things like that. But I got to, you know, I got to say, 
uh, Greg Byrne really went, you know, went to the mat and upgraded facilities and really got, you know, University of Arizona into the arms race as far as optics, which is so important for, you know, a 17, 18-year-old kid, you know, to have it looking really good. And then you put things on top of it that, that Tucson has over, you know, a lot of the northern destinations over, say, in Ann Arbor is, you know, mild winters. And, you know, you've got uh, you know, you've got a lot of things going for. And, and the same thing in, you know, in Tempe. And, you know, I, I, I can't think that, you know, Arizona State can be claiming poverty on the facilities level either. So, you know, I think the, the only problem is, is as – in in the past, the deferment has always been well. You know, we're a basketball school, and hey, you know, we got midnight we got midnight madness coming around. The problem is, is from a revenue standpoint, we've we've maximized uh, basketball revenue, and there's just no way you're going to be able to make ends meet, especially for all of the other sports that rely on that football money. Um, other than than having a competitive football program, so. I I think that uh, unless you know I, I, I keep I keep hoping and I'm always gonna I'm always gonna root for the you know for the coach that we have to turn things around and pull out a magic bullet, but it's starting to look more and more like you know we got Rich Rod kind of at the tail end of his prime. You know he used yeah. to be the guy. You know he used to be the guy who innovated this. You know this hurry up offense, this, you know, just keep it going, keep it going and just, you know, outrun everybody, outspeed everybody. Now everybody else is doing, is doing that better than, than he ever did and coming up with completely new innovations, you know? Yeah, I agree. And and I've always said, okay, if this guy could do it once, he could do it again, but he, but the, clearly the innovation is not there. And so, um, and maybe, Maybe this all goes back to he didn't get that five-star, that Braxton Burmeister or whatever his name is, who was supposed to be here, supposed to be the five-star savior quarterback and then flip to Oregon. You know, maybe we'd be having a very different tone if we had a truly great quarterback that can run and throw running this offense right now. But that's just not the reality. And as such, we're talking about, okay, how much is Rich Rod's buyout and who's going to pay for that and who are we going to find and – Maybe we need yeah. to give Richrod more rope to get a quarterback. I don't know. Well, and and, and it's it, it is interesting with the Oregon defections, you know, because there's there's not just one defection, there's multiple defections. Yeah, it was like um, five guys. It, yeah, Oregon Oregon's football program has has really been the bane of of University of Arizona football recruiting, because when I was when I was working, you know, going every day to that department, working as a full time employee under the Stoops. Uh, you know, administration, it was always Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. And Oregon was the one eating our lunch. And it just, it just seems like that that's, that's what's continuing, regardless of, you know, where, you know, USC is in the standings, where Stanford, you know, where anybody else is, it's always, you know, it's kind of like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's just just play the um, let's play the get give Rich Rod the benefit of the doubt. So here here's how I'd lay that out. So if we if we look 
at the first four years under Rich Rod, probably the best four-year record in Arizona football history. Mm-hmm. He did get a Pac-12 South championship. He did bring us to four consecutive bowl games, which I don't believe had been done in Arizona. Well, including some pretty impressive last-minute you know, victories from the jaws yeah. of defeat, you know. Yep. He's good at he, – historically, although not since he's been decimated by injuries, but he has been a best, one of the best in-game coaches making adjustments, and, and he probably overachieved with what he had. Then when things went wrong, he went out and fired his friend and the entire defensive staff and brought in a new, a new staff, which seems to be building some things. Yeah, and then he I think having crazy Chuck Cecil. injury run with a weird schedule where we didn't even have a bye week. And on top of that, crappy teams like Colorado and Washington State are at like their all-time peak performance of all time. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just – I hate to say it, and it sounds like an easy excuse, but maybe it's just been a string of bad luck for a drug. Well, I mean, like I said, it – it makes a long season even longer if you're not if you're not rooting for improvement every every week and you're not hoping that you know your coach and your team are gonna are gonna pull something out. But it's just it's just looking really bad right now. Just as far as it's it's almost like everything that everybody was saying that was going to happen to Arizona is coming to fruition. You know we've we've got a few bright spots. You know we've got uh, you know we've got JJ and and uh, you know we've got Fields the second there on defense, and you know a couple a couple things going for us. But um, you know I hate to say it, it's just uh, it's just not looking good right now. Yeah. So speaking of not looking good, and I know this is kind of a ultra obscure trivia moment, <laughs> but did you know that Arizona? Either you know they've got this game at UTEP in El Paso. Did you know that the team is taking a bus to El Paso? <laughs> Indeed. And I will tell you, in, 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 defense, in defense of bus trips to El Paso, I, you know, having lived in San Antonio and Austin, having a brother living in Austin, I routinely drive from Tucson to Austin a couple times a year, which is a 12-hour drive. And uh, Tucson to El Paso is actually really easy. It's not even it's not even halfway to Austin. It's about you know it's about a four hour drive, four and a half hour drive. And uh, I I think it's great. You know maybe have some bonding time. I mean if you think about the amount of time it takes to actually go and get on a plane, you know go do all of those things, you're you're most of the way there anyway, and, you know, maybe they'll save a few bucks. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the estimate is they'll save about 50 grand. Hey, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, the, 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 it's not like there's any big football money coming anytime soon, so cutting costs is not right. the worst idea in the world, you know. But, you know, and I saw the quote from Rich Rod saying, uh, you know, we, we intend to be talking uh, talking shop during those four hours. So, you know, maybe maybe it'll be a teachable moment. You know, maybe they'll be, get, be, they'll be able to get in some extra uh, cramming time. 
and you know we we have the advantage of uh we we hired away the UTEP's um uh quarter uh, no, receivers coach uh onto onto this year's coaching staff so we should have a little bit of insight into uh into the UTEP defense maybe that'll give uh Brandon Dawkins and you know the receiving core the the spark they need all right, well, just to wrap up this Arizona football debacle, I was just blown away at at the fourth quarter where you've got Khalil Tate coming in and giving a bit of a spark. I know he threw that interception. But then on this last drive to win the game, why didn't Khalil Tate get to go back in? Why did he switch back to Dawkins? Because that just guarantees that you're going to keep uncertainty going into the next game, and you're not <laughs> going to get any kind of momentum. You know, it just it just sends it just sends a message to these young guys: Hey, you better not screw up because I'm going to yank you. You know, that's that's really what it says. <laughs> yep. And 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 then that's not good. And then you you know you're always looking behind you. You always have that kind of coming down, and then you start making more mistakes. But um, but yeah, it's. Um, I I actually was a little thank I was thankful for the dinner party and uh that I didn't have to suffer through the whole thing but uh you know sorry that it ended that way I'd much rather see it a W and uh <laughs> you know we'll just look ahead to the next game but I am excited about the D-backs <laughs> Yeah let's switch uh, let's switch over to the D-backs <laughs> I mean uh let's I don't know let I need to check ESPN real quick see if they're winning tonight I know that uh my uh, they, daughter sang uh, the national anthem with her choir tonight. No the, way! Yeah, that, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that's fantastic. Which daughter? That would be Hannah. Oh, your youngest. Yes. Oh well, I hope you I hope you recorded that. Uh, you know they've done it before, and I was able to go. So I was teaching class today at uh, the other school. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. <laughs> While doing that, uh, I I missed the uh, the game, but that's okay. They're well, having a good time. Yeah, well, that's exciting. Well, at last time I checked, it was uh, it was uh, tied at two after six innings. So, nice. um, important important series because we basically got uh, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, who, as we now understand will most likely be playing in a one-game wild-card playoff now that we understand the wild-card rules that have been in place yeah. for about five years. Exactly. <laughs> We're up to speed now, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> like, we, we, are, we are now – although I will, I will say, I will say, I felt slightly vindicated in not knowing all the ins and outs, although there was no excuse for, for us having a sports podcast and not knowing the wild-card rule. Um, but – on pardon the interruption, this is a total aside, but uh, Kornheiser and uh, Wilbon, uh, Wilbon did not realize that uh, Brock Osweiler had had returned to his uh, Denver Broncos and was on on the team. And so I think <laughs> I think on right. the on the like relative scale of how much time you spend on sports, it's like okay, we're not the only ones. But I do have October fourth circled on my calendar because. That is the date that hopefully the Diamondbacks will be hosting the Colorado Rockies in the one-game playoff. Yeah, we may need to go to that game. I think and, I think so. And we may need to podcast during the game. 
<laughs> that would be that would be interesting. That would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out, but that could be a very interesting game. Could be. Fun. Yeah, but but it is you know it, literally the the Diamondbacks are literally the only bright spot in all of Arizona sports. Now I I did oh. mean to go I I did mean to to check in on the Arizona Wildcats volleyball team, which I still you know take a lot of pride in because I covered them for the Star you know back in back when David Rubio first uh, became coach, but I haven't had a chance to really check on them. But the the Diamondbacks are are really personifying you know what it's like to to you know stand up and be a champion here at least you know so far in in this late stretch. Yeah, I, I agree. Now I will take a little bit of an exception to your idea that the only bright spot in Arizona sports is the D-backs because the Arizona Wildcat basketball team is going to be shining quite brightly once that season starts. Well, again, active season team. <laughs> yes, the D-backs. Now, sadly, uh, it looks like in the uh, we're at the end of the eighth in the game tonight, and the Rockies are up four to two. So yeah, it seems like the Rockies are getting the same motivation the the Diamondbacks had with the Dodgers because uh, yep. D-backs dropped yesterday's game, and if they drop this one, it's it's going to be become pretty tight race there. And it's yep. right now. It's it's pretty much just the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, um, you know, with with a couple teams, you know, the Cardinals and the Brewers, kind of hanging out in the in the shadows in case somebody has a collapse. But uh, but if yep. if we could just get by the Rockies in a one game playoff, whether you know whether it's in Colorado or whether it's in Phoenix, I I like our chances against the Dodgers after the fact. I that love it. We've won. Yeah. We've won the season series essentially. Yeah, bring the Dodgers. We, we're ready for them. So I have a question, Sean. How do you how do you play this out? You're in a one game playoff with the Rockies. One game you have to win. Do you run a starter out there for three innings and then roll another starting pitcher in there for three innings? Do you do anything weird or different to ensure success in that game? Or you just hand the ball to Granky and pray. What do you do? No, you you go. In fact, you even you even look at as you're as you're coming up to that wild card game. You look at getting your best pitcher on the mound for that game because if you don't if you don't win that game, nothing else matters. So right. so, so even even if you have to disrupt your rotation. You know, and and depending on how you know how impactful the final you know two or three games of the regular season are, you adjust it so that you have the best. You know, you have your ace going for that wild card game. Yep. Okay. Because because at least with the Dodgers, you've got uh, you you know you have to win multiple games, and and the Diamondbacks have have shown really astonishing depth to the starting pitching rotation. You know, guys are stepping up who you would not have said, oh, this, you know, this is going to happen, you know? Yep. Agreed. All right. So where do we go from here? Do we want to touch on the Suns? Do we want to touch on Arizona basketball? (laughs) Um, Do you have any other Arizona sports topics brewing? 
that need to be addressed? Um, no, I, 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 I feel like, uh, you know, we had a kind of a mutual therapy session around Arizona football this week, which, you know, maybe other, other University of Arizona and, you know, frankly, Arizona State football fans maybe find cathartic as far as misery-loving company. Um, I'm, I'm disinclined to jump into, you know, projecting basketball because it's still it, – for me, it's always, okay, is the season actually happening, you know, before I can even really get excited about it. Uh, because, you know, at, at, until you actually tip off or get going, everybody's opinion is as valid as everybody else's, you know. So I'm, I'm, incl- I'm inclined to stay in the moment and just wallow in, in my misery of, uh, you know, in our collective, <laughs> our collective misery of football with that little bright shining light of, of baseball there on the horizon. <laughs> and you know, and, and also you know, with with confidence, it's kind of like uh, you know, it's it, it it really feels like because we're playing football and it's 110 degrees outside, you know. So, yeah, you know, first of all, way too hot to be playing football anywhere, except for you know, if you're the Cardinals, you're playing in a dome or something, and it. It, it, it almost parallels, you know, the way we all feel about, you know, summer and fall in Arizona. It's like, let's just get us to winter. And that's the way I feel about, you know, football season. Let's just get us to winter so we can enjoy basketball and things can cool off and we can, we can enjoy life again. You know, until then, we're yeah. just going to have to suffer. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Well, we'll just do a quick little, little couple free throws here for basketball and then we'll call it a night. Um, sure. Switching over to Arizona basketball. So one thing that you can count on from a Sean Miller program is that he's going to recruit. And clearly he's got the top recruiting class um, coming in. Some people will say, oh, yeah, well, it's Duke now with Bagley. And, of course, it's funny how the NCAA came out and said, oh, yeah, Bagley's cleared, no problem. Like that happened immediately. If you're at a Arizona or a Louisville or an Indiana, you're waiting weeks, months, and praying that halfway through the season, your guy will get cleared. But, of course, with Duke, this guy's cleared the minute he declares that he's going to Duke. So, whatever. That's just how it goes. We can handle that. But uh, one of the interesting recruits coming that may be coming next year, we already have Shaq's son coming. So we yeah, you just can't reason. wait till baby oh, yeah. Shaq gets here. Yeah. <laughs> you can't wait. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's so perfect. I'm gonna have to resurrect the Shaq Twitter account. It's gonna be awesome. Oh. No, I'm I'm right. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I think I think it's I think it's great, and I think it's great yep. that we're gonna have we're gonna have Shaq sightings at McHale. You know. Yeah, it's great. And so not only is 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 there the Shaq factor, but hey, Manute Bolson may be coming to the Wildcats. So we may get Bobo. <laughs> that that would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. I, I want to – we get we get to see a little finger wagging there. I'm sure the student section could come up with something creative around that. Yeah. So, you know, it was looking like Bol Bol was an Arizona lean, but word has it that uh, Coach Calipari has an in-home with him this week. So that can't be a good sign. 
but um you know i i saw that at, on uh the uh Arizona Wildcat Authority uh Jason Shear uh you know he was reporting that uh Arizona still feels good about its chances with Bobo uh which what? is his way of saying that he has a little bit of inside info and it's and it's le- it's looking good but uh i just thought that uh if we got Bulbul and Sharif O'Neal to go with the other cast of characters, we have uh, Arizona's dominance in the West, and its chances in the tournament are going to be good for the next couple of years, at minimum. Well, yeah, and and you know, credit to Sean Miller, we're, we're Arizona basketball is quickly you know ascending to the heights of one and done land, where every year you better have you know, the best of the best coming in because they're only there for a cup of coffee. Although I will say that um, the, if you, if you balance the option between Calipari and Sean Miller, Calipari's pitch is always, Hey, look at my track record. I'm going to basically get you millions of dollars essentially. I mean, obviously he can't go in and say that, but he's going to say, you know, look at all the guys who are in the NBA. Like you may not necessarily like me, but I'm going to make you better and I'm going to set your future up. And, you know, Sean Miller definitely has all of those skill sets to teach, but uh, I, I like to think of him as the kind, well, it's hard to say, it's hard to position Sean Miller as the kinder, gentler, anything, because he's, you know, he's a hard nosed guy, but uh, I think he's and not to say Calipari doesn't care about his players, but I think Sean Miller goes like above and beyond, and that that would say a lot if he if he chose Arizona over, you know, over Kentucky. It's more like okay, I, w- I want a whole program, not just you know, not just a place where I'm going to just have a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, not just a pit stop. I I would say that Miller is the Calipari of the West. He he gets yeah. guys in the league. He, you're gonna play. You can come and you can do a one and done stint. You can excel. You can get a ton of ESPN and other network exposure. You're gonna play in the tournament. Uh, I really feel like Sean Miller has carved out this Calipari of the West. He doesn't have the championships in the Final Fours, but it just feels inevitable that he will get them. So well, and, I, and I feel good. It, I feel good yeah, about it, Miller and his recruiting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and Cal, and Calipari, I mean, he he obviously cares about his guys, but but his image is much more that of a mercenary and much more of a um, you know how can how can I use you to get where I'm going and I know you're using me. Whereas the image that Sean Miller seems to cultivate is more of a hey, like like the hashtag says, a player's program. It's like. Hey, we're we're a family. We're going to connect. We're going to really, you know, we're really going to be in this together, and and you're gonna you're gonna learn lessons that are beyond just what's happening on the court. And I, you know, I think that's a that's a huge asset that that he brings to the table. But in in terms of ability, I think he goes he can go toe to toe with Calipari or anybody. And you know, the great thing is, you know, the Shaq sightings and McHale are gonna are going to rival and surpass the Hasselhoff sightings in Arizona stadium. So, you know, we're, we're going to be on sports center all the time, even outside of highlights with just, uh, just uh, celebrity sightings. <laughs> yeah. So final thoughts going into Suns, Phoenix Suns. So uh, this is a legitimate question. Um, 
can Devin Booker win the NBA scoring title this year? Mm. Don't know. Don't really care. <laughs> speaking, as, speaking as a Spurs fan. <laughs> hey, this is an Arizona. This is the Desert League. This is an Arizona sports podcast. I know I've heard once, enough about the Spurs. I know once 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 Barkley left the Spurs, I kind of lost interest though. What? Or I mean, Barclay? once Barkley left left the Suns. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm mixing up my team. What, let me ask you that question. What do you think? Okay. It is certainly possible for Devin Booker to win the scoring title, but what that would mean is that essentially. Earl Watson handed the whole offense over to featuring Devin Booker. And I just don't think that that translates to wins and and team development. So I I hope that 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 doesn't happen if it's at the expense of the Suns developing uh, a team play and and improving their young core. Um, You know, one other thing that, that I saw was that um, there are these rankings out there. Like the ESPN has the annual list of best players in the league and stuff like that. And uh, it's funny because uh, when those came out, Devin Booker tweeted and uh, he said, we still care about rankings nowadays. I thought that was high school. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's watching <laughs> – and uh, he's seeing where he's being put and being placed, and, and he's going to want to let his play on the court do the talking. And I think he's definitely going to be an all-star this year. Um, but whether he's up for the scoring title, I think he could do it. I mean, he put 70 on Boston in the garden. He could do it. But uh, I don't think that should be the focus of the Suns or Booker to to do that. So I'm hopeful that it'll be more of a team game and not the – not the uh, Devin Booker show every night. Well, there's a, there's a lot of precedent to that, you know, to that logic that uh, leading the league in scoring does not translate to championships. We've got, right. I mean, the, the history books are filled with, uh, you know, with uh, superstars, uh, you know, for the 76ers and, you know, on and on, who, uh, who, who could never win the big one because they didn't have the supporting cast. So... Um, I, I, I would, I will say this is I would like to see the Suns improve and make the playoffs because I am, I'm curious to see what they've done with the arena in the last 10 or 12 years. Cause that's, I think the last time I was in, uh, at a, at a Suns game. So it would be, it would be fun to kind of see what they've done with the place. Well, they haven't done that much, but I will say that we need to get you to a game. So we, uh, we may have to hook up for a game this season. <laughs> uh, well, we're probably uh, we're probably at time. We decided to do the hour-long edition this week, and uh, it's been fantastic. As yes, and, and no, and I've I've enjoyed um, us our mutual misery in this, and and I hope the people who've suffered through this realize that this is just part of your you know your therapeutic program, which means that you now need to give a score prediction for. Um, Oh. The for the UTEP game, and, and I actually came prepared with one. Nice. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. I, I put that out of my mind. My prediction clearly was awful. 
um, in week two. But week three, I am going to predict a Wildcat victory. Uh, this may be one of the last times this season that I can make that prediction in good conscience. But I, I do predict that the Wildcats will beat the UTEP Miners uh, by a score of 45 to 20. Wow, you are a glass half full guy. Good for you. <laughs> Why not? I'm 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 going with uh, I'm going with a 25 to 14 final. You know, Arizona's improved defense continues to look good. Um, yep. We we squander we squander one touchdown opportunity that we should have had and have to settle for a field goal. But otherwise, um, we we should we should beat the Miners by the score that you're predicting. But uh, I'm thinking that we're going to just kind of underachieve and 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 get through it and uh, you know at least get to conference season with the two with a winning record and then kind of um, you know two and one and pray for. Yeah, it's, I'm afraid to think of a cl- don't scalp us <laughs> at midfield. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, you know a clever phrase. You know, two oh. and uh, two and one, and pray for sun. Pray for pray for another one. I don't know. <laughs> you can't rhyme with the same thing, but uh, that, uh, that's my, that's my prediction for Friday night football. Hey, that's the night that high school football's played. So. It'll seem more appropriate, I think. There you go, Friday Night Light. <laughs> exactly. El Paso. Are you making All the right. drive? Well, oh no, uh, no, no. But the Wildcats will be driving <laughs> in their bus. So El Paso is beautiful at sunset. To the Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have to pass through Las Cruces on the way. So shout out to uh, some family that we have there in Las Cruces, Melanie and Bryce. And maybe they can wave to the Wildcats in their shiny bus as they drive through town (laughs) on their way to El Paso. Absolutely. And a final shout out again to everybody we know in in Texas and Florida recovering from the hurricane. We're thinking about you. We got your back. And uh, we're just a a Facebook and a text message away. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, bear down, Sean. Have a great week. You too. Bear down and keep your fingers crossed. (laughs) Yep. So that's a wrap for this episode five of Desert League. If you want to subscribe on iTunes, just search Desert League. If you want to leave us a message in the Anchor app, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm slash slash desert-league. We'll see you next time. All right, south side out.